0: Shabbat shalom. What? <laughs> All right, Shabbat shalom is good to see you guys. Uh, somehow, some way, the weather has forgotten that it's winter. And we're going to get like 60 degrees today, which is like fabulous. And we're going to get like some mid-50s and stuff like that over the next week. So enjoy it while you can. We're going to have some sunshine. You know, the hardest part of winter normally is the fact that the sun doesn't normally break through the clouds. You don't get enough vitamin D. You know, wake up in the morning and it's kind of bright out. Makes you want to get up and do something about it. Uh, but we have a fantastic Shabbat today, and not just because the weather is going to be spring-like. It is because we get to come and meet together as one. Um, the, uh, the main message today is called Broken is Power. That'll be by Dr. Deb Wiley. He'll be delivering that. Uh, one change to the schedule. Uh, Ephraim's going to be taking care of the first five uh, with the Torah portion this morning. we got worship by Rod Woodruff as well. Uh, this morning, so going to be a fantastic Shabbat for us. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, a couple of announcements: um, we have a, another ladies' event on the schedule, which is going to be Sunday, December 30th. Uh, for information on that, please see Melissa Musson. Uh, I believe she's hanging out in the Oneg area right now, getting everything prepped for uh, for Oneg after service. Um, if you uh, want to get involved in some of the outreach opportunities that we have, uh, you can contact Stephen Drew's. Uh, the winter is normally a good time to do that. They're always looking for, for socks and coats and all these various different things. And so uh, soup kitchens help all that, especially around the holidays. A lot of people come in uh, and need help. And so um, that's a big part of what we do here at HFF is is try to give back to our local community. No better way to give back than with the actual service. Uh, and so if you'd like to get engaged in some like that, get in touch with Stephen Drews. His information is in here in the bulletin. Tomorrow morning, we have the men's prayer breakfast at uh, 9 a.m. That'll take place at Monte Judas House here in Norman. Information is in the bulletin on that. Come join us for breakfast, time of prayer, and fellowship. And uh, okay, so to be announced, we're still waiting on the ladies' prayer gathering, The Frickers are hosting a Bible study on 2 Timothy, and that's every Thursday night at 6.30, um, if you have any interest in joining in in a small group. And then uh, the Real Family Life Marriage group uh, that the Fosters are hosting uh, is uh, Saturday, January 12th. So put that on your calendar, uh, husbands and wives, uh, January 12th for the Real Family Marriage Life. And I know it's going to seem awkward because we just got out of Hanukkah, and we're already promoting and talking and making everybody aware. But one thing I've learned over the last couple of years as I get a little bit older, you know, I'm still semi-young, but as I get a little bit older, is that the years go by real quick. The days go by quick. The months go by real quick. And once you look up, you'll realize that it's almost 2019. And so uh, in the spring, when we start a whole new biblical feast cycle, uh, we're going to be having a huge uh, Shavuot gathering uh, in Dallas. And so um, there is discounted registration rates available right now through the end of the year. So if you want to take part of that, there's information in the bulletin, has the website, everything on that. But the discount rates are uh, through the end of the year. So I want to make sure you guys understand that. So if you have a desire to go with us, you can take advantage of those uh, the lower rates. I have a bunch of worship leaders, Exodus Road Band, a bunch of different teachers, everything. to will be a fantastic weekend uh, in, in Dallas, Texas. Um, one of my favorite things is, you know, we talk about it being a feast. When I think of feast, I think of eat. Um, and when I think of eat, I think of In-N-Out Burger, and there's an In-N-Out Burger on the same property. So, Deb, yeah, our Cali, our Cali representation right there. So, uh, for those of you who haven't had In-N-Out Burger, it's like manna from heaven, Um not going to get into the debate on Sabbath about what a burger versus In-N-Out. We're not supposed to be divisive. We can have both types of manna, you know. The Lord wants us to be able to eat and sustain us. Yeah, what a burger. Okay, so I see a couple of guys in here going, "What a burger!" Like I'm not coming off the stage. On, I'm not coming off the stage on that side today. Uh, I, I've enticed. I've enticed a riot. So, um, don't make me go animal style on you. So, okay, we've gotten way off track, way off. It's okay to laugh on the Sabbath, right? It's good to be joyous on the Sabbath. All right, good. We're in good company then. All right, we'll stand up and greet somebody, uh, say Shabbat Shalom, and we're going to go ahead and invite Rod and the worship team to come and uh, lead us in worship.
1: Shabbat Shalom, everyone welcome to uh, hebraic family fellowship so glad you're here let's open with prayer father thank you for this day thank you for sabbath rest uh let your presence dwell here let your word be spoken let your truth guide us through this day in yeshua's name amen I'll This is how I fight my battles. 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 It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles 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 It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. 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 battles. This is how I fight my battle Worthy is the Lamb You are holy His hair is white as snow. And angels cry. Just cry. Receive our praise. Holy, 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 You're the Son of God. You are awesome, God of power. sing our praise. Holy, 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 You're the son of God. You are awesome. God of power, Lord. ever Cry. Holy holy is the Lord, Hallelujah. Blessed be your
2: name. You his name. Kadosh, 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 holy, holy, holy. Do we even understand what that really means? But God has called each of us to be holy. And I don't know about you, but I fall short. So I'm so grateful that he's the one who makes me holy. We have a lot of things to pray for this morning. So let me go over with you, and then I'll turn it over to you. Corey was scheduled to have surgery this past week. And when she, she was in the hospital and they gave her some medications initially, And she had some complications due to the medications. So they canceled her surgery, and they sent her home. And uh, so they can can figure out what the problem is with the medications they gave her. So we need to continue to pray for that situation. Patrice had her knee surgery uh, again, and they went, went in, and I understand it went well. So she is home. She is to be off her feet totally for six weeks. So uh, next time you see her, she'll probably be in a wheelchair, rolling around, and, uh, and she has some special thing that she has to, at home that she has to put on her knee that will move her knee for her and keep it so that it doesn't uh, stay stiff, get stiff, okay? So we need to pray for Patrice, because uh, I don't know about you, but it would be old, get old for me where I have to can't be on my feet for six weeks. Okay, so we need to lift her up. Mark's surgery is also on hold, uh, uh, an issue with the insurance company. Have we ever heard that one before? <laughs> so uh, he probably won't find out until after the first of the year what they're going to do with him. So we just need to pray for that situation and that uh, the issues with the insurance company and the, and the blue, which is Blue Cross, but I won't mention any names. Uh, can be resolved. So we need to remember Mark in that situation. Uh, Danny went to, the, to see a specialist about his knee, and uh, sometime in early January, they're scheduling him to have a knee replacement on his right knee. So we need to be praying for that in advance, that uh, that will go well and that uh, he'll be fine. Remember Virginia's sister Estelle that we've been praying for who has cancer. She lives in Florida. She is, uh, she's been doing really well. She's been through her first set of three chemotherapies and uh, said that she has noticed a few hairs in her sink, but she's not ready yet to, to shave her head or do any of that. But she's doing well, and she's looking good. And she has a week where she doesn't have any chemotherapy, and then she starts her second set of three in a couple of weeks. So we need to keep praying for her still. And Verna, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, found out that she had some fractured vertebrae in her back. She has three vertebrae that have fractures in them. And the doctors are looking at giving her some kind of medication that is supposed to help grow the bone and and restore that. So we need to pray for that situation, that uh, whatever the doctors do will be the right thing. Uh, She, it causes her a lot of pain, and so if you see her standing up, all of a sudden it's because the pain has gotten to her and she needs to stand up. So we just need to pray for Verna. And Trollen has a friend of his, Chris, who is going to have surgery on Monday for cancer. So we need to remember Chris, and uh, he lives in Oklahoma City, and pray for his surgery on Monday. And I know there's a lot of people that are sick. It's the season of the flu and colds and stuff. A lot of people have coughs and and all of that. Uh, James Foster uh, has a cough, and we need to remember him. And Brian uh, also has been sick. and so we need to, I know there's other people that you know that are sick, so we just need to lift off all those people that you know that are fighting the flu and other, other things that come at this time of the year. I want to remind everybody that you're invited at 945 to join others in the room over there across where we have Oneg, where the glass is, for prayer time at 945 on each Sabbath. So you're welcome to come join And pray for uh, the service. Pray for uh, other things that God puts on your heart. All right. We need to remember Deb as she comes and gives a message this morning and pray for her. Uh, And also for Ephraim as he comes and brings the first five. So we have a lot of things to pray for. So let me give you a few minutes and then I'll close this. what a privilege it is to come before you to come before your throne and to present to you those things that you have placed on our hearts you know what is the best in each situation you are the creator and you have created all things and all things are at work for good so we ask that your will would be accomplished in each one of the situations we mentioned for those who are sick that you would heal them For those who are having surgery, that you would be guiding the hands of the surgeons and all those who are involved in that surgery and that you would be giving them uh, your mind as they perform that surgery. For those who are still dealing with uh, trying to get their surgery, we ask that you would intervene on their behalf and that you would provide the, the means that are necessary for them to have that surgery. Thank you for those who are doing well after going through chemotherapy or uh, whatever they may be going through. Thank you that you have had your hand upon them. Father, we ask this morning that you would especially be with Ephraim and Deb as they come and speak to us that uh, their words may truly be your words. That you would guide them and direct them in all that they have to say to us this morning that you would also open up our hearts and our minds, our ears to hear what it is that you have to say, that we might not just hear it and that's it, but we would be doers also, just as it says in in James. And so we give that to you this morning. We ask you now to bless the rest of the service. May it be pleasing in your sight. And we ask this in Yeshua's name. Amen. If I can have all the children come up.
3: Good morning. We serve a good father, don't we? Yeah? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for being such a good father, for being such a righteous and noble king, who extends mercy to his subjects, who extends that scepter as we approach you that we might not be struck down, but instead that we might approach you like a child approaches a father. And we thank you that you've given us that example through these children here that are in our midst. Remind us all to approach you in the same way that they approach their fathers. With arms wide open, without any hindrance, with joy pouring out of them, may it be said that we approach you in the same fashion. Father, we submit these children to you. We pray that your hand would be upon them, that you would grant them counsel and wisdom, guidance. May they be taught your ways in their coming in and going out, when they lie down and when they rise up, when they walk by the way. And when they come in father we pray that uh, your hand would be upon the young men that they would be blessed like Ephraim and Manasseh may they be fruitful in all that they do that the young women would be blessed like uh, Ruth and like Esther may they be known for their faithfulness to you father we surrender these children to you we pray that you would help us to be stewards good stewards with their lives that we would train them up in the way that you would have them go And may your hand of blessing be upon them. We pray all these things in the name of our Master, our Savior, Yeshua. Amen.
4: Shabbat shalom. Our Torah portion for this week is entitled Vayagash which comes from Genesis chapter 44. It begins at verse 18. It's a story where Judah came near to Joseph, his brother. But he didn't know that who he was coming near to was his brother. Joseph was the viceroy of Egypt. He was in charge of distributing all the grain in the midst of a famine, of a worldwide famine. And after several interactions with his brothers that were Kind of interesting, where Joseph was testing his brothers. He first sent them away, called them spies, and he wouldn't meet them again unless they brought their youngest brother, Benjamin. And the second time when they came, they brought Benjamin, but he continued to test them, and he gave Benjamin more food than them at a banquet. And then when he sent them away, he hid a cup that belonged to, to himself, Joseph, in Benjamin's sack, and then sent his servants to go and arrest them for stealing. And what came about is they went back before Joseph, the brothers did, thinking that they had been now judged and they were going to be guilty, they were going to have to go home without Benjamin, but Benjamin's life was tied up in their father's life, Jacob. And so Judah, knowing for the love of his father, he had to stand in the gap for his brother Benjamin. So he drew near to this viceroy of Egypt. He broke many kinds of protocol in that way. I mean, think about this. He's nothing but a servant. He's nothing but someone coming to buy grain in Egypt. And then he comes and he drew near after Joseph, being the viceroy of Egypt, made his ruling and says, Benjamin's going to be my slave. The rest of you are free to go. Judah steps up and he comes and he approaches and draws near to this king basically. It broke every natural protocol that should have been done. But when it's all said and done, that's when Joseph revealed himself. That's when he cried out and says, I am your brother. I am Joseph. And it worked out well for them. But it broke every natural protocol that was there. Judah should not have approached him in that way. Now, in the story, symbolically, Joseph represents the king. He represents the Savior of the world. And there's an allegory for us that believe in Messiah, that he represents Yeshua in the narrative. And Judah drew near to him. In the same way that we draw near to the Messiah when we pray. We pray to the Lord and we draw near to him. And he is our kin and he he reveals himself. He cries out when we do such things. It breaks every natural protocol that we think of that the world wants to describe? Why would you take a, set aside your physical life and pray to an omniscient God that is unseen? In the same way, it, it, it breaks sort of the natural thinking of what we should do. But when it's all said and done, it works out better for us when we do so. When we draw near to our Creator, when we draw near to our Messiah through prayer, he weeps aloud, joyously, even though there was great, there's, sometimes there's fear and trepidation when we pray. Like, you know, you think about, man, when was the last time that I prayed? you like, it um, seems like you're always going to the Lord whenever you're in, in need. But he delights when we do. And it, and it rekindles the connection that we have because he is our kin. He is our heavenly Father who created us. He's one of us. He's one of our brethren. And he rejoices when we draw near to him. How long would Joseph have kept that charade going? How long would he have continued to test his brethren? He only stopped when one of his brothers passed the test and drew near to him. In the same way that we're looking forward to the coming of the Lord. We're always wondering what the Lord is doing in our lives. We've come to all these tests and trials and tribulations that we come across in our day-to-day lives. How long will the Lord continue that test and keep going? Until we draw near to Him. That's when you pass the test. That's when He reveals Himself and His power and who He is. He's the King of the world. He's our Heavenly Father. That's who He is. And He's waiting for us, His brethren, His kin, to draw near to Him. If we don't, the tests will keep coming. He will continue to test us and try us until we pass that test. Many of us are looking forward to the return of the Lord. What He is waiting for... Is for His people, His chosen people, to call upon His name and to draw nearer to Him. Let us be that generation. Let us be that people. Let that be our testimony that we are one that draws near to our Heavenly Father in all trials and tribulations, in all times of need. Let us draw near to Him. Amen? Heavenly Father, we come before you on this Sabbath day. We thank you for your appointed time that is your rest, your Sabbath. Father, we thank you for this place of fellowship that we can join arm in arm, hand in hand with our fellow brethren, Lord. And that we can worship your name, we can hear your word, we can hear your instruction and your teaching, Father. So, Father, I pray that you welcome us. As we draw near to you, Father, we no offense to any protocol that it is to approach you. For you are the king of the universe, Lord. You are the prince of peace. You are our heavenly father. And, Father, I pray that we would go in with confidence, drawing near to you, Father. And may we be welcomed in, Lord, just as Judah was welcomed by Joseph, just as Esther was welcomed by the king. Father, I pray that you would welcome us and that you would reveal yourself to us in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for being our God, choosing us from among all peoples, teaching us your word and your instruction. So, Father, we lift our praises and prayers up to you. We give you all honor, glory, and praise in this place, for you are deserving of all of our worship and all of our praise. We love you on this Sabbath day. We thank you. For your rest and your refreshment that you give to us each and every week. We bless you and thank you. In Yeshua's name, Amen. Dr. Deb.
5: My greatest fear is tripping up these stairs when I'm coming up here. One of my greatest fears. Shabbat shalom, everybody. Wow, it's quiet in here. Did I stumble into a Presbyterian congregation or something? <laughs> okay, thanks. Well, anyway, good good morning. And um, I am so excited for today's message because today's message is one that I have actually lived. It's not one that I'm ju- actually going to be talking about. And... I think all of us have been broken, right? Is there anybody in the room that has not been broken? Okay, I don't, I don't see any hands, so I guess we're good. Um, there is power in brokenness. And and the, the interesting thing, I hope you like that... Oh, the graphic's not up yet. Okay, there was a great graphic that... Uh, that Ephraim put, um, that I sent him yesterday for, um, it's on your bulletin for the message today. Broken is one of those terms that most of us don't like, right? Does anybody here just like, oh good, I'm going to be broken. Get real excited when you hear that? So this isn't meant to be an exciting message, but I believe because of God it's going to be a powerful message for each and every one of us. When we think of broken, we think of broken things, things that aren't useful anymore, maybe broken bones, broken relationships, broken vows, broken homes, broken hearts. We think of all of those really negative things that come with brokenness. And there's no doubt about it. There's absolutely no doubt about it. It, It's no fun. And nobody delights in it. But God has this innate ability to take brokenness and turn it into power. But you have to learn, we all have to learn, how to embrace that power of brokenness. I I was kind of thinking about the Torah portion this week as I read it earlier in the week, and I was just thinking, hmm, you know, it's interesting that an entire nation was established and built upon a broken man's heart. Not only was Judah broken, but think about Joseph, what he went through. False accusations, betrayal by his brothers, being thrown in the pit. I mean, if anybody had a right to whine, it would have been Joseph. Am Am I wrong there? I think Joseph had whining rights. I mean, all he was trying to do was serve God. He was having dreams that were given to him from God. All he was trying to do with Potiphar's wife was run from her so that he wouldn't sin. And guess what, he ended up in prison. And I think most of us would agree that if that happened to us, we'd probably be crying out to God, what are you doing to me? I'm trying my best. I'm doing everything I know how to do. Why is this happening to me? And because when we're in the midst of being broken, it does seem like something is happening against us and not for us. Can I get an amen? All right. (laughs) At least I know everybody is still breathing out there. Um, Yeah, it can be the most powerful thing that's ever happened in your life. So I read the scripture in 2 Corinthians, if you've got your uh, Bible with you, 2 Corinthians 4, and the verses 7 through 10. And it reads, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying the body, the death of Jesus, Yeshua, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Now, when, I, I think we've all read this scripture, and I've been guilty of it, you know. Yeah, it's talking about, you know, being perplexed. It's talking about, you know, yeah, persecution. Yeah, it's talking about all that. But I looked at it this time. I really read it the other day, and I'm like, whoa. It took me aback, because we have this treasure in jars of clay, what treasure? What jars? What's it really talking about here? It's talking about you and I being jars of clay. Now, I actually looked up from the first century jars of clay, and it actually means In the first century, it was probably very ordinary, very inexpensive clay jars that were probably chipped, probably had a lot of breaks. It was everyday earthen vessels, right? Just like us. We've got a lot of chips. We've got a lot of nicks. We've got a lot of, the older I get, the more nicks I find every time I look in the mirror. Um, Yeah. We have all that. And we have broken areas in our lives and in our souls. Because we are earthen vessels. But notice what the scripture said. But there's a treasure inside. A treasure inside. And so I thought, you know what I'm going to do? Because I'm going to be speaking at Hebrew Family Fellowship. So have got to throw a little Hebrew in here, right? wouldn't be Hebrew Family Fellowship if I didn't, just keeping it real. So I looked up the word for broke or broken in Hebrew, and it's parak, parak. I'm sorry, not rack, rock, parak. And it means to break off, crunch, but listen to the secondary meaning of the word, same word. To deliver or redeem. Whoa. And you know what? I started thinking about that. That word even gives us a choice in how we deal with our brokenness. We can be delivered or we can wallow in the pain and get pity. You know, it's it's easy to get pity, right? You can whine about the pain and how you've been done wrong and how oh I've been hurt. You don't understand. You don't know what my mother was like. You don't know how my father is. You don't know the things that have happened to me in my life. Wah, 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 wah. wah. Right? Uh, and I'm not condemning anybody. hey, I've been, I've been on those pity parties. The only problem with a pity party is is that you, you, you're usually there by yourself. You're usually the only one that wants to accept the invitation. Because pity parties aren't fun. And pretty soon, if you have enough pity parties, people are going to start backing off for, from you, and they're not going to want to be around you because nobody wants to go to a pity party. There's no power in pity. But there is power in healing brokenness. And that's what our Father is really in the business, business of doing. I'm going to read to you from Genesis 45 from this week's Torah portion. And God, here's, here's Joseph talking to his brothers, and God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Now, here's a guy that had been falsely accused, betrayed by his brothers, thrown in a pit, left for dead, lied about, Deceived about, and yet he said that I was sent ahead of you. He didn't display anger at his brothers or resentment. He said, for such a time as this, basically, just like Esther, I was sent ahead of you to build a great nation. Let, let me let me go on here with verse in chapter 46 and verse three. It says, so he said, and this is. God, speaking to Jacob in that heart-rendering prayer before he went to Egypt. And so God said to Jacob, I am God, the God of your father. Do not fear to go down to Egypt, for I will make you a great nation there. I will go down with you to Egypt, and I will also surely bring you up again. And Joseph will put his hand on your eyes. In other words, he's going to see things he never saw before. Joseph, through Joseph, he was going to see a nation being built out of his sons. Pretty powerful stuff. Because you look at your family, you look at my family, and a lot of times we see a whole lot of brokenness and not a lot of power. Right? Am I the only one? Is, is my family the only one that's broken? Yeah, well, I became a psychologist because I just took a look at my family and said, oh, this will keep me in money for years just for my own family. That's a joke. <laughs> I have to tell you when the jokes are. That means I'm in trouble here. Okay, so we are broken. We're, we're people that are broken, and I used to hate saying that, but I've come to love the term because it means empowerment. We're broken, but we're healing. God himself, the father of all of creation and of the universe is healing us. He's fixing everything that's broken in you and in me. He's fixing it so that we can have something in that earthen vessel that's a treasure. It's a true treasure. After reading that verse, I just thought, wow, what is that thing inside of us? Let me go back to the verse again. What is that thing inside of us? Let me read it again. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God. I want you to get that. It's not you that's healing your brokenness. It's not you that's bringing deliverance to anything or anybody. It's the power of the almighty And it only shows, if you can see this uh, graphic up here now, the power and the glory of God only shines out of brokenness. That, that, That earthen vessel there doesn't look so bad now. Doesn't it look pretty powerful? Because the glory and the power of God will emanate throughout your brokenness if we let him. If we let him heal us. See, it's our choice. Just like the word broken can mean crushed and pulverized, but it can also mean redeemed. Just like our lives. We can live in our brokenness. And brokenness is painful, right, Patrick? Brokenness hurts but we can't live in it. Living in it devoids us of all power. I mean, there is so much to get out of this verse. But the idea that struck me was the brokenness of the jar of clay allows what's inside to flow out. Whether it's light or whether it's water. It's those cracks and those broken areas that emanate the power and the life of God. The brokenness in our life actually allows God to shine through us. I'm going to say that again. The brokenness of our lives. This sounds like something we could post on Facebook, right? The brokenness of our lives really, truly allows the power of God to emanate or shine through us. And I want to talk a little bit about that. The Messiah. Let's go to the Messiah. Okay? Our Messiah, our king, was he broken? Yeah. He was broken for us so that we could be healed of all brokenness. Now, I want you to realize something. I know you already know this, so it's not going to be revelation, but the Messiah is the king of glory, and all three things, as it says in Colossians, were created through him, and apart from him, nothing was created. So here he is. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a recap of Matthew 26. Here's the Messiah, the King of the universe, the co-creator of all creation. He went a little further, and this is verse 39, if you're looking this up, Matthew 26, 39. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me nevertheless not as I will but as you will then in verse 40 when he came to his disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter what could you not watch with me one hour watch and pray lest you enter into temptation the spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak Again, a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. Okay, that's twice that the king of the universe and the king of glory, his earthen vessel was being tested because the spirit was willing, but his flesh wasn't isn't that true with us sometimes we know things but our flesh will be screaming to us and notice what happens next and he came and found them asleep again because their eyes were heavy so he went and left them and went away again and prayed the third time saying the same words saying the same words Which means that this cup can pass before me. That only proves that we hate being broken. (laughs) Yeshua didn't relish it either. Who does? Who does? I don't know about you, but I, I, you know, from some of my brokenness, I think I've made better decisions. I've learned not. I'm not going to let that happen again right? Anybody else out there? Same thing? Okay, just want to make sure. I hate it when I'm just preaching to myself all day. Okay, so I know from personal facts, though, of my own life, I'll use me, that when my world went kaplooey, God, but God, was the only explanation why I didn't go kaplooey too. When everything in my world came crumbling to, and screeching to a halt, and it looked like everything around me was laying in shambles, it was abundantly clear to me that I had to move forward, and the strength to do that only came from God. He gives us the strength, the unsurpassing power that is in the treasure that's in these earthen vessels is him. The unsurpassing power and glory of God is in you and is in me. Is that a mind blower or what? That blows my mind to even think about it. How in the world and why would he want to come and live in power and might in a clay jar, which is what we are? The king of all creation, the king of the universe, wants to come and live inside of you and me. You know when I, and I I know most of you know my testimony I've given in here before, But um, when my um, marriage blew apart, after 25 years and both of us being in ministry and him being the senior pastor and yada, 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 I won't go into all the details because it's not necessary. But one of my first fears following all of that was that my testimony was toast. That's how I felt. I felt like, who's going to ever listen to me? My testimony's toast. It doesn't mean anything. I failed. That's what I felt like. I felt like I'd failed. I'd failed God. I'd failed my church. I failed my community. I failed my children. I failed my grandchildren. I've had like this big... F for failure on my forehead that's how I felt and at the same time being hurt how could I speak to people about my relationship with God if they thought that I hadn't been honest about my marriage relationship and I had been I didn't know but just like Joseph he wasn't after Potiphar's wife right? He didn't know what was going to happen when he left his cloak behind. He didn't know she was going to frame him. But I can tell you one thing for a fact. He worked, God worked diligently in those days through me and with me. He loved me. He loved my children. He loved my grandchildren. And there was so much love that came through the church, our community. It was the worst of times and the best of times. He provided for me in amazing ways that I don't even have time to share. Amazing ways, mind-blowing ways that he made provision during that season of my life. So that I never doubt him now. He can do anything. Because through my brokenness, I've experienced the power of God. The power of God. In an amazing way. I want to share something with you I've never shared from the platform before. Everybody's going, ooh, I wonder what it's going to be, Right? My husband, before he left, pointed a gun at my head—a 45. Has anybody here ever looked down the barrel of a 45? <laughs> Patrick has. When it's pointed at your head, it looks like a cannon. It, it looks huge. But there was a power inside of me that I didn't fall apart. I didn't cry. I didn't fall to my knees and beg for my life. I just looked at him and said, if you pull the trigger, I know where I'll be standing in a few minutes. I don't know what will happen to you. Suddenly the gun came down. And I've never shared this before but I think it's important to know because you know what? You know what I learned from that? Did that hurt my heart? Did it break my heart? Of course. Of course it did. But you know what I know now? I'm not afraid of dying. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I would be willing to die for the Messiah. I didn't know that before that happened. I thought I would. And I'm not recommending this as a trial test or anything, (laughs) don't get me wrong. But I can tell you this. Through all the trials and all the, the circumstances and things I've been through in my life, I'm a better woman today than I was before the brokenness. I'm more compassionate. I'm more caring. I'm more loving and we're understanding. All of those things. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not perfect. Daniel Munson and I agree that uh, we probably are perfect, but we, we run a cover so nobody knows, so we don't make others feel bad that you're not perfect. You know, we're kind of, we keep it low-key. Just Just kidding. None of us are perfect. But I can tell you one thing. There's perfection inside of us. And it doesn't belong to me. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to him. He can get you through anything. I'm going to say that again because it's the glory of God that he wants to shine from people's brokenness. The glory of God, him in you, can get you through anything. Anything. I don't care how bad it looks. Anything. I have witnessed not only the power of God in my life, but I've witnessed it with friends. I've got a friend right now whose husband got diagnosed with ALS. She said for the very first time, this doctor said for the very first time in his career, he honestly wished he could tell somebody that they had cancer. But he said, I'm sorry, your diagnosis is ALS. But I watch her love on people. I have been watching her and him comfort other people. I have watched them be a light. I've watched the glory of God emanate from them through the worst circumstances imaginable. I want to read Psalms 138, 7, and 8 before I just get all crazy here. How much time do I have? Okay, I need to wrap it up. Ten minutes. Okay, good, good. Okay. Though Psalms 138, 7, and 8. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand will save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. He will perfect everything that concerns you in your life. Everything. Everything. I can think of a million ways that He has shown power in my life. A million ways that He's shown power. The, even with my children, who I was so worried about. You know, I have three, they were, they were grown by the time all this happened, but, and my grandchildren. But I have watched them be more compassionate and understanding and non-judgmental. Because in my brokenness, they were broken. And I've watched the glory of God be able to emanate out of them. So I'm kind of starting to think being broken isn't really such a bad thing. I don't know about you especially if it's God allowing the breaking, which I believe he does. If God allows it, I'm going to say this really loud, if God allows it, he's going to use it. If God allows it, he's going to use it. He is going to bring good out of it. Sometimes I wonder how, but he does, because that's who he is. He is going to be glorified through you. That's his desire, to heal us, to bring glory through us. Romans 8, 18 and 28. For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. Where? In us. The glory is revealed in you and me. Is this insane or what? And know this. In Romans, that was Romans 8:18, 8, but 28 says, and we know that all things work together for good. To those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, I, wanna, I want to take a minute here, just a second. And we know that all things work together for good. All things. It doesn't say, some things, maybe, some things, no, something. All things are working together so that you can display the glory of God to your community, to people that don't know the Messiah, to those that are lost, to those that are hurting, to those that are downtrodden. The glory of God wants to emanate out of you through all of your brokenness. Through through it all. So I'm really okay now to say that I'm broken. I used to couldn't say that because I know that God allowed the brokenness in me so that his power could emanate through me. And you know what? That's a pretty good place to be. I want to read, and I'm going to close with these scriptures. Jeremiah 1.10. See, I have set you this day over nations and kingdoms to pluck up and break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. God sent Jeremiah to pluck up, break down, destroy, overthrow. I mean, it sounds like a whole bunch of destruction going on and as most of the prophets sound that way. But he also says, I have set you this day over nations and kingdoms to build and to plant. We have been set and established over nations and kingdoms to build and to plant. And it's through our brokenness that people get the faith that if you did it, I can do it. If you've gone through what you've gone through, that I have hope, because God's no respecter of persons. And in Jeremiah 31, 28, it shall come to pass that I has, as I have watched over them to pluck up and break down, to overthrow, to destroy, and bring harm, so I will watch over them to build and plant, declares the Lord. So while he's been there in your brokenness, he's been there during your tearing down, ripping apart, pulverizing, all of those things, he's also watching over you to plant. He wants to plant us right in the midst of hurting people so that we can look like that. Powerful. Powerful. That's our God. That's his desire for you and for me. Not to destroy us, but to plant us, to build us, to cause us to be powerful. Because there is a treasure in your earthen vessels. And it's the glory of the Most High. Amen? Amen. Thank you for letting me share.
4: If we could all rise, please. And the Lord spoke unto Moshe and said, Tell Aaron and his sons, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. <clears throat> give Adonai bihane kha yisa runai panah vilekha vaisem lakha
1: lakha Shalom.
4: Bashim Yeshu HaMashiach, sarcha shalom, shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of Yeshua the Messiah, the Prince of Peace, shalom. Shabbat shalom. Ooh. show is hot out here, no, I don't mind though.
2: No. I'll see